I'm sure all of us have dated at some point in time. And when you're looking for a new partner, what do you look for? You know, you want somebody who's funny and good looking and, you know, all the things. So you want to do the same thing with your job. This is Chan with The Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Sonia, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Max. You are the career job search expert, correct? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that for sure. I've definitely helped a lot of people. Why don't you break it down for us in terms of like what you focus on in terms of helping professionals? My area of focus is I help conscious professionals who want to have more meaning and fulfillment in their life, find jobs that are an excellent fit for them, that gives them a greater sense of like, you know, very rewarding jobs, but also generally makes a very significant jump in compensation. And we do all of this without compromising their values or their work-life balance. And that's a good segue to our discussion for today in terms of maximizing compensation. So what I've researched is that when it comes to increasing your compensation, if you stay at your current workplace, the general consensus is that the average increase in salary is about 3%, I believe. But then if you actually job hop or move to another job, it's between 10 to 20%. Is that accurate or do you have other numbers that you could share? That's pretty accurate for industry levels. However, I think that if you really know what you're doing, if you have a good sense of what roles are out there that would be a good fit for you and what could potentially pay even more, there is a ton of opportunity out there right now. And if you're really strategic about it, you know, I've helped people earn up to $100,000 more per year than what they were previously making. Let's take a step back. So let's say you're working with a client. How do they know if they're getting underpaid, so to speak? And looking elsewhere is the right opportunity or the right move? Well, since we're on this topic of, you know, why and how job hopping can potentially help you maximize your earning potential, generally, I recommend that professional changes jobs every two to three years. And that recommendation will change depending upon if they're early career, mid-career, late career. So we can talk about the specifics of that. But you definitely want to be doing industry research of what is the pay potential for you, for your title, your level, your role within your industry, and also the type of company that you work with, or what's the going rate within competitor companies as well. And the reason that I suggest that you know you do change jobs probably more frequently is because generally the existing employee market pay tends to lag behind the new hire market pay. So there are tons of resources available online where you can do some of that salary research. So you can kind of get a sense of what is today's market rate pay. And you know then you can also get more information if you are out engaging with new companies and understanding what are they paying for a specific role. You can gather a lot of data points from a lot of different sources and you kind of want to pull all of that together. So the two main sites that I know of when it comes to researching salary is Payscale and Glassdoor, but I've heard that it's user-submitted information. Is there any other sources that a professional could use to get more accurate salary compensation for their role and years of experience? 
Yeah, those are definitely two really great sites. I also recommend those. Salary.com can be another data point as well as some more niche-oriented sites. So if folks are working in technology, they may be able to get some more information from Blind. It's called Team Blind. It's an app that you can either download on your phone or you can go to the website as Team Blind, you know, which is very focused in technology. And then also, you know, some other niche-oriented job search sites will also give some general pay estimates or ranges for that specific role. So to take a step back, why are the internal raises so small? And it's almost like pulling teeth to get a big raise internally. But then when you Mm -hmm. say, hey, I got another job offer, uh, they're willing to match the offer or even go above and beyond the offer you got externally. Why does that happen? Yeah, it's really frustrating. And I resonate so much with employees. You know, you're busting your buns, you're doing a great job in your role, annual review time comes around. And you may get anywhere from like a 1% to maybe a 5% pay increase. 5% definitely tends to be in the upper side of things. And that's probably if you're a top performer. And, you know, the challenge with this is that when you get a raise at an annual time frame, you're getting lumped into the same bucket as everybody else. Every single other employee is getting a raise at the same time. So there's not as much money to allocate amongst the workforce. But the new hire market rate is very competitive right now, and companies are having a really hard time finding top talent. So they have to offer more to remain competitive with other organizations who are hiring top talent as well. And it's not even like you need to be at the top of your game. But generally, if you move to a new organization, not only can you increase your pay, but you might also be able to make a jump in terms of your title or the pay level of where you're at. And you do want to try to be consistently jumping up in terms of levels. So, you know, if you work inside a certain organization, you probably have a level associated with where you're at right now. You may be very aware of this level, or you might not have much of an understanding of the level of where you're at right now. If you're internal, what you can be asking is either with your manager or HR, you can be asking, hey, what is the pay range for the level that I'm in right now? And then you also want to be gaining a better understanding of what might you need to have in place to jump up to the next pay level. And if you can do that, then sometimes you can make some pretty big jumps in your income if you're able to jump up to the next level. But it's hard to get a big raise when you're inside an organization because companies may think that, you know, they have a certain allocated budget of what they can give at annual review. And even if you're a top performer, probably the best that you're going to get is 5%. Maybe even more if they're doing some sort of leveling exercise and they're trying to remain competitive with market rate. The other option is if you can actually change roles internally and, you know, jump up a level or jump up a title. But many companies actually have policies around not giving big pay increases when you move around internally because they don't want to have a setup for favoritism or something like that that could potentially be liable or challenging for that organization You know, if you're making an internal move, usually they're not going to give you a pay increase or not give you a huge pay increase because they don't want to be set up as having said that they favored one employee more over than another. Yeah, I actually heard about that where if you're moving horizontally, as it's not a promotional role, it's a horizontal role, it's still the same pay due to, as you said, restrictions and rules that the company has placed. Mm-hmm. In terms of promotions, even promotions, they have a certain cap on how much they can give to someone who gets promoted to the next level. 
And I think that sometimes you'll still make more if you leave or about the same job compared to actually getting promoted. What's your thoughts on that and experience? Mm. All right. Well, here's a little bit of a trick that listeners might want to pay attention to is that you're totally right, Max, that if you do get promoted internally, you move into a new role a new level, a new title, you know, generally they will give you a bump in pay, but it's still usually a percentage of what you're previously making. What you want to be doing is do that external research, be out there, be aware of what is the current market rate pay for someone at your level, your title, either within your existing organization or competitor organizations as well. You can do a lot of that research online. Glassdoor will actually allow you to search by companies. Payscale will allow you to search by companies, but they're still usually going to give you a percentage in increase. And even if it's like, you know, 5% or above, it's still percentage of what you previously made versus if you come in as a new hire, it's a whole new ball game. We're starting over completely. We're starting from scratch. So here's an interesting strategy that you can potentially try. And you need to be a little bit careful about trying this strategy. But if you go out and you get an offer from a competing company or an offer that's significant, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a competing company, but you get an offer from an external organization that's better than what you have right now. Sometimes you can use that as leverage to get a higher rate of pay internally so that then they're not looking at that percentage increase. They need to have a reason as to why they should be considering the market rate pay versus what they've already been paying you and just giving you a bump on top of what you've already had. The caveat that I'll say with this is that if you bring in an external offer and you're saying like, hey, you know, I'd like to get promoted or I would like to make X amount of dollars more per year, you know, you need to be a little bit careful with this and tread lightly because if you use this as a strategy, you do need to be prepared to walk because if they say, well, that's really wonderful that you found a job making $50,000 more per year somewhere else, I'm not sure we're going to be able to match that, you know, best of luck to you then that can put you in a little bit of a pickle where it's like, if you really want to stay in your current role, you have to evaluate what your decision-making criteria then. Is it more money? Is it more opportunity? Is it better work-life balance? Is it the company culture? You know, What is it that might make you either leave or stay? And what's the right strategy to implore for that specific situation? To go back to what you said before in regards to getting promoted internally, your raise is based on a certain percentage of your current salary, right? While external, it's a like you said, a whole new ball game. I'm sure you also teach this to your clients about like have to negotiate before you accept the offer because the incremental increases will be based on the current salary that you have, right? So my follow-up question to this is, what's your thought process on like negotiating a job offer once they give you one? Like how much higher should you negotiate based off what you had initially discussed with this employer? You make such a great point. You definitely, definitely want to take advantage of the opportunity to negotiate when they give you an offer. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time or effort, but you need to do it then because if you wait until you're inside, then you're in that category where you're just going to get the percentage increase like we talked about earlier. So definitely very important to do so. In terms of how much more that you can negotiate for, it really kind of depends upon you know, your level and your title and what the market rate pay is. So that's why you do want to do that research and you do want to be aware of, you know, you can look at the market rate, but you also really want to be looking at what's the rate inside of your industry and what's the rate for your types of companies, because some companies can pay a lot more and some companies just purely can't make that more. Maybe they don't have as much revenue or much profit margin to work with. So 
you know, hopefully you already have a good idea of like, usually when you talk to the recruiter in the very early stages of your overall interview process, usually you can find out what the pay range is at that point in time. So that when they give you the final offer, after you've gone through all of your interviews and they give you that final offer, you'll have a sense of like, okay, well, they told me that the salary range was, and I'm just going to make up some numbers here. Let's say when I first interviewed, they told me that the salary range was between 100000 and 120000 And then they give you an offer for one hundred five as your base salary. Well, you kind of know, oh, well, they told me that they could go up to one twenty. So in your mind, you want to be asking questions, well, why did they offer me 105? And there might be specific reasons as to why they offered 105. You know, they could be based on number of years of experience, education, how well you interviewed, a whole wide variety of different things. But you should be knowing that they could potentially go up to 120. And what you want to try to do is get into the upper quadrant of whatever they discussed in the beginning. Or maybe you might even be able to go much higher than that, depending upon how you interviewed. So it kind of depends upon what range they initially gave you and also comparing that against industry standards because sometimes they may come in significantly lower than the industry standard or maybe they're going to come in significantly higher than the industry standard. So you kind of want to be comparing all of these different numbers together and then figuring out what is your specific strategy, how much more do you think that you can feasibly ask for, and again, you know, comparing this with your background experience and how well you think you're going to be able to knock it out of the park for them and how flexible they are and how much are they in need. Maybe they really need somebody to start sooner rather than later. So maybe they can negotiate more because they just need to get somebody in this job as quickly as possible. So there's a variety of different things to weigh into this. But of course, you want to try to negotiate for as much as you can. <laughs> Let's talk about the resume for a second. So in terms of like job hopping, you said like every two to three years, right? Is that what you said before? Yeah, that's in general. That's what I recommend. Now, if you're early in your career, you can certainly do this more often, right? And if you're early in your career and you're trying to establish a track record and some experience, you know, maybe you even start out doing contract jobs where you work for three to six months on a specific project and you're gaining momentum and you're gaining experience. And then over time, you can shift how you present that on your resume so that it doesn't look like it's just a bunch of projects that are strung together. So there's creative strategies of how to do this. But if you're early in your career, you know, I would say you could work on doing more project level work through contract roles, or maybe you accept a job and you stay for a year or a year and a half, maybe two years. If you're mid-level, I would suggest, you know, maybe every two to three to four years, I would say probably five years at a max mid-career, unless you're making significant jumps internally, right? If there's value in you staying with a certain organization and they're giving you growth opportunities and maybe you're moving into leadership roles or you're becoming a domain expert or you have had the ability to become certified in a certain technology or there's certain things that are like helping you meet your longer term career goals. Great. Fine for you to stay. But again, make sure that you're in that market rate pay. And then the later that you get into your career, you're probably going to get some more questions. But if you continue to jump around super frequently, the later that you get in your career, you're probably going to start to get more questions about, oh, you know, tell me about your background experience. Why have you jumped around so frequently? So by the time that you get to the later stages of your career, it probably makes sense to stay for at least five years. You can certainly change sooner than that if you like, but you want to be thinking of it comprehensively and holistically and really like first and foremost 
foremost, you want to be asking, what is the most serving for you in your career? And when you think about your overall career roadmap, what do you want it to look like? And what do you want the story to tell? But then also be prepared to answer those questions so that if a recruiter or hiring manager does ask you, I noticed that you've jumped around a little bit here. Can you tell me a little bit more about why? And you do want to make sure that if you are making a lot of jumps, you want to make sure that that's really working for you so that you know, you're showing that you've gotten some promotions along the way or that you are focused on a new higher level technology or something like that that's really, you know, of support for you and your career and your overall roadmap and objectives and what you're up to. So to summarize, when someone's fresh out of university, you recommend them job hopping a bit more frequently. And then as they get older in their career, then you should level off and not jump as much as you used to at the beginning, right? I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. You know, of course, there's caveats to all of those. But, you know, if you really want to maximize your earning potential earlier in your career, hop around more frequently, you're going to make a whole lot more money that way. And you could potentially make a whole lot more money that way later on in your career as well. You just want to be prepared for the questions that might come your way. You'll get questions less about that earlier in your career. The longer that you're in your career, the more questions that you'll get. Got it. Because it also seems like if you're, let's say you're in your 40s and 50s and you've been job hunting for a lot, it looks like you haven't really established what you want to do. Is that a right assumption? It could be a right assumption. But again, kind of going back to that, like if you're making jumps in your career, no problem, right? Because I mean, if your goal is to become a CEO by the time that you're 40, you know, or you want to be VP by the time that you're whatever age, you're probably going to need to jump around fairly frequently to gain the experience needed to operate and perform at those higher levels. So if you look at the short and long-term career roadmap and where are you going, then maybe it does make sense to jump around a little bit more frequently. But then you have the story to tell as to why you made those jumps. But if you're just making job jumps laterally, lateral moves, then you might start to get some questions of like, well, hey, you were at this company for one year, then you went to this company for one year, then you went to this company one year. Your project manager at every single opportunity, you know, tell me a little bit more. What made you leave each of these opportunities? And it could, you know, from a recruiter or hiring manager perspective, if you stayed at the same level, same title, and you're moving around year after year after year after year, it might be perceived as like, oh, maybe you don't get along that well with people, or maybe there's some red flags here. Like, why do they see the need to jump so frequently? So you want to be aware of the story that it tells and make sure that you have really rock solid answers for that. And sometimes you can even put it in your resume, position eliminated due to layoffs or certain things like that, where you're just proactively addressing those questions so that someone's looking at a piece of paper and they're trying to make up this comprehensive story about you that you're just immediately answering those questions so they don't just immediately move on from your profile and start looking at the next candidate. So when it comes to the job hopping and your resume, how do you know that you're ready to job hop? What I mean by that is like, how do you know you have enough accomplishments to point your resume before you make the move? What are some indicators that, hey, it's time to put some feels out there at least to see if this is the right time to move or not? Great question. You know, again, I think you really have to ask, what are your goals? What do you want in your career? Because it's great if you have a ton of accomplishments that you've been able to string together with a specific position. Fantastic. That's great. 
But sometimes you get into a role where you just don't have that opportunity or projects are stalled or you're not gaining those accomplishments. So in that case, maybe it makes sense for you to go ahead and move. Even though you don't have the accomplishments, you may have to stretch a little bit further to come up with some accomplishments to put on your resume, but it may make sense for you to move on sooner rather than later just so that you can be accountable and responsible for your career and making sure you get yourself into the right opportunities where you can get more accomplishments. And it might be hard if you don't have, you know, a long list of quantifiable results to pull from from a certain position. But, you know, I think to make that decision that you just asked, how do you know when is the right time to leave? I think you need to be asking yourself is like, am I fulfilled here? Am I getting the right types of opportunities that gives me the career growth that I'm looking for? Am I being paid at the right rate? You know, all of those types of questions. And if you're feeling unsatisfied or not recognized or not rewarded, then maybe it's time to move. Or even if you are internal and you could answer yes to those things, but you're still, I'm like, I've been in this same position for quite a while. Well, maybe it's time to start, but you want to stay in that same position or excuse me, that same company. Well, maybe it's time to start, you know, looking for promotions and seeing what you can do to get your manager or even higher ups to start looking at you for other opportunities. The grass is not always green on the other side, right? So conversation is only one part of the equation. You also want to have fulfilling work and have a good work culture that you're a part of. So I recently read a study that people that did make the jump recently, whether it's due to great resignation or other things, they did regret making that move. What is your advice in regards to like how to evaluate options that you have in terms of job opportunities to make sure that you are making the right move and don't regret it later? Such a great question. You know, when I work with clients, I have a list of decision-making criteria that we go through and rank prioritize, like how important are specific criteria in terms of making a decision and knowing if it's right for you. So I think it's a matter of getting really super clear on, you know, who are you? What's important to you? What would make it worthwhile for you to make a move? Is it all about compensation? If so, then go to the highest paying job. Or if you get an offer and it's not at the level of what you're looking for, keep searching until you find something that is at the right pay level. Compensation is only one component of overall fulfilling work, though. So you want to be asking yourself other questions of what else is important. And knowing what kinds of growth opportunities exist for you in this next new opportunity is a really great question to ask. You know, how fast is the company growing? Do you want to move into leadership? Will there be opportunities for you to take on leadership roles or to mentor other team members, or to take on strategic level projects? What about the work culture, the work environment? How about the relationship with the manager? You know, when you're interviewing with the hiring manager, do you see that person as someone that you want to report to? And you can even ask them questions of like, hey, would you mind telling me a little bit more about your management style? How do you like to engage with your direct reports? Do you have a weekly one-on-one? What do you like to see happen during that weekly one-on-one? What kinds of projects would you see me working on if I stepped into this role? What are the key initiatives of this team or what kinds of projects might I be working on? So I think it depends upon you and your goals, but I would make a list of what's important to you and then be proactively evaluating those things before you just jump into that next job. Because it's really exciting, you know, when you get an offer, like you kind of want to say yes, but if you have that predefined evaluation criteria, then that can keep you a little bit sane and a little bit more objective. You can go back to this list and say, hey, does this new opportunity, does it match what I said is important to me? And I liken this to, you know, I'm sure 
all of us have dated at some point in time. And when you're looking for a new partner, what do you look for? You know, you want somebody who's funny and good looking and, you know, all the things. So you want to do the same thing with your job too, to make sure it's like, hey, if I move into this next new role, is it truly a good fit for me? And if it's not, you can still ask, even once they present an offer to you, if you're not sure, take the time to ask those questions before you accept. Because once you accept and you're in that new role, you're kind of starting all over. And then, you know, how long do you need to be in that new role before you're ready to move on to something new and different? And then as a follow-up to that, let's say you do take this job, but they oversold it or it wasn't what you intend on doing. And now you're frustrated because you feel that you have to stay there for a certain period of time. So what's your thoughts on that in terms of like, when can you make another jump quickly? Or do you have to stay there at a certain period of time before, or is it going to look really bad on your resume? Kind of depends. If you identify that fairly quickly, and maybe you just kind of still basically kept your job search alive, or you want to reactivate it pretty quickly. You know, if you're making a move in three months or less, maybe even six months or less, maybe you move on to your next new opportunity. And then, you know, that job that you only had for a few months, maybe you just eliminate that from your resume. And, you know, that doesn't have to be the story of you. You don't have to include every single job experience that you've had. Your resume should tell a story about you of what you want it to say. If you make the move fairly quickly, I don't think it has to, you know, be a detractor for you. Let's say you're ready to drop off and let's say you only stay for a year or even less. And then the recruiter asks you this question, why are you leaving so soon? Or I see that you've left the past few jobs fairly quickly. So what's going on, right? Because they're going to be asking those questions. And then that goes to our next section in terms of like, how to job hop without wrecking your resume. So what's your thoughts on like mitigating those concerns from recruiters and hiring managers? Well, I suppose it depends upon what actually happened in the last opportunity. If it wasn't really a great opportunity and maybe you don't even have any references that you would put down from that role, it may or may not make sense to put it on your resume. The question you have to ask yourself is if you don't put it on your resume, is there suddenly this big gap in your resume? So, you know, ideally, if you have recent relevant experience, you want to put that on your resume, but then you need to have a rock solid answer as to why you left. Depending upon what the actual situation was, you know, you could say, when I came on board, the projects that I was intended to work on never actualized. So I had a conversation with my manager and we made the decision that it would be best for me to, you know, start looking for new opportunities that would give me the kind of career growth that I was really looking for. No matter what you say in your answer, you want to showcase that you're someone that people get along with, that you deliver great results, and that you're someone who is motivated to continually accelerate your career and, you know, have higher levels of success for the companies that you work for, but, you know, also for yourself. Not that you're greedy and, you know, roles and titles and opportunities, but that you're someone who creates results and that you're someone who has a really good high level picture of what's possible for you and how you can help support and deliver results for the organization you're moving to. So what would be some good answers to use or a good template answer that you can provide in regards to when the recruiter or hiring manager does ask you those questions of like, why are you leaving so soon? Again, you know, you don't want to lie or make up situations, but I'll throw out a couple examples and then, you know, you can choose what fits right for you. But you could say, I received information that the company could potentially be doing layoffs and I wanted to get ahead of the curve and be out there looking for the right next opportunity for me. 
You could say, you know, I did a really thorough evaluation of my career goals and pursuits and what's important to me. And what's really important to me is that, you know, I'm looking for greater career growth opportunities if, and you know, here's the asterisk if, right, is like, if the company that you're interviewing with, if they have tons of career growth opportunities, then say that as your answer. Or if you can align it to whatever company that you're moving towards, right? Say something about their specific technology. You know, hey, I thought long and hard about my career goals and what's important to me. And I realized that what I really want to be focusing on more in my career right now is I want to be working with machine learning or artificial intelligence. Or I used to be in cloud computing. And then I took this other role thinking that I wanted to move in a different direction. But now I really want to get back to cloud computing. Or maybe it's not a technology. Maybe it's about what the company does in the marketplace. You know, I really want to be in retail or I really want to be in biotech. I've been doing evaluations about where's the biggest growth patterns and I've never worked in biotech, but that's really interesting to me. And I want to give back in a way that can help support my fellow humanity in overcoming some of the greatest health challenges that we're currently experiencing, like those kinds of things like that. So you want to showcase what it's doing for you, but also what and how you can be of service to the company, the mission, the technology, the vision of whatever company that you're interviewing with as well. And I think those can be some really helpful answers where ultimately what you want to be saying is just that like, I'm a future-oriented person, I'm a strategic thinking person, I'm a results-oriented person versus, you know, oh, I'm a problem employee and if you hire me, I'm going to wreak havoc (laughs) on everyone that I work with because I'm not a very good team player, which is what they might be thinking unless you give them a really helpful answer like that. So yeah, so like brief on the situation, but then focus it on how you can be of service to them, right? Absolutely. All right, let's talk about counter offer. So let's say you are looking to move to another opportunity. You got an offer. You end up presenting this offer to your current company and they end up matching or they might even give you a bit more. I've heard that usually people who take a counter offer, they end up not lasting. They usually last less than a year and then they end up leaving anyway. So what's your thoughts on taking counter offers from your current company? That's a great data point. I'm glad that you shared that. (laughs) Well, you know, I think my response to that as a career coach is usually you know, supporting the candidate is, well, great. You know, if you get more compensation, maybe you only end up staying for a year. What's the harm in that? You got more compensation for a year and then you move on to bigger and better opportunities. But the thing that I think I would try to keep in mind is that usually if you do that and you get that counter offer, you accept it, you stay with your current organization. Oftentimes that company, like your company has now kind of been put on alert they're on notice that you could potentially be a flight risk. So even if they give you more money, hopefully they're still continuing to look out for you. Like they gave you more money, but they also have to know like you're someone who makes changes in your careers. You're looking to upgrade. You're looking to maximize your overall career. So, you know, hopefully they're looking out for you and they're going to help find new opportunities to give you more responsibility, to put you in more higher level strategic roles. If they're not proactively doing that for you and you really want to stay in that company, then maybe you start having those conversations with your manager or skip level or maybe even other people inside the organization, other teams that you're interested in working with. Keep your network really alive. Make sure that you're getting exposure with key decision makers and key influencers so that you know, other opportunities that are available to you that you are the first person that they think of to promote or offer a new opportunity entirely. 
I think career advancement is an interesting mix of like, yes, the company should be looking out for opportunities for you. But, you know, most managers and, you know, higher level leadership, they have so many competing priorities that they're oftentimes not looking at the talent development in the way that they should for their team members. So my recommendation to you is be very proactive about your own career growth goals and objectives. And if things are not happening in the way that you want them to, be proactively having those conversations to see what else is available to you inside that organization. And don't leave before you leave. That's a quote by Sheryl Sandberg. Don't leave before you leave. You know, And so if you get that counter offer and you accept it and you're making more money, but you're still kind of like, ah, I'm still not too happy here, then maybe you're happy with it because you get a little bit more money and you stay for another year or two and then you leave anyways. Or if you really like that company and you want to make a good go of it, be proactive about developing the right types of opportunities for you so that you can continually progress your career inside that organization and pave your own path, make your own way. One of the fears of people like job hopping, let's say every few years is that, as you said, they always have to start over. They have to always learn new things. And sometimes it could be a bit stressful, always learning new things, learning new systems, especially with like new companies that you're working with. So what's your advice on that in terms of like helping people like remain calm and like still be strategic and ensure that what they're doing is the right thing, even Mm. if they feel more comfortable staying where they were? Well, I always recommend, you know, take on stretch roles and it's up to you to identify how big of a stretch that you want to take on in that next new opportunity. You know, to your point, if you take on too big of a stretch role, then yeah, maybe you could be stressed. You could be frantic and trying to, you know, quickly learn what you need to learn. But I've also learned over time that people usually do not stay in roles where they don't feel challenged. Like having a healthy amount of challenge is a really good thing. I think that helps keep you engaged. It helps keep you interested. And so, you know, I think you have to identify like how quickly do you want to progress your career and what is the right level of stretch for you? What's the right level of challenge for you? And get more specific about what exactly does that mean? Does that mean a new level, a new title? Does it mean learning a new technology? Does it mean moving into a new industry. And so, you know, the more things that you change at any given time, probably the bigger the learning curve. So think about how big of a learning curve do you want to have and how big do you initially want it to be? And then also over what period of time do you think it might take for you to learn those new skills? And are you the type of person that loves to drink from the fire hose and is like, yeah, give me whatever it is, jump in, I'll figure it out. I think there are very few roles in this world that are true rocket science, you know, that you really have to have like precision and finesse in in what you do. I think a lot of roles that the majority of us could move into, it's probably fairly easy to figure out. And the thing you have to remember is that you're almost never going to be doing anything alone, especially in the early days of accepting a new role or opportunity. You're going to have a team there to support you, whether that is coworkers at your same level, whether it's direct reports, whether it's a manager, whichever different direction, most likely you're going to have some level of support. And they just want to be thinking strategically about how much do you engage with that support so that you can build a strong reputation for yourself and you know not feel like you're walking in and looking silly from day one. But there's also a number of ways that you can very quickly learn new skills just by Going online, there's a whole bunch of resources out there where you can learn a new skill, maybe even get certified in a weekend or something like that. But there's new skills, and then there's the application of those skills. And I see those as two very different things. So 
I just think about what's the right amount of stress for you, what feels challenging, what feels engaging to you, and then just be careful that you don't take on too much. Or if it is too much, just trust that, you know, every job has a learning curve and that might be over within the first month or two or three. So let's talk about um, one of your clients or case study, so to speak. How do you work with them in terms of developing a roadmap and incorporating the quote unquote job hopping strategy? So let's say I want to increase my salary by like X figures. What's the roadmap that you walk through with your clients with hopping through various jobs in that journey to help them get to that salary target that they're looking for? Usually when I work with a client, we create a very comprehensive career roadmap for them that includes several different things. So we look at your short, medium, and long-term career goals, and we define those timelines depending upon you and where you're at in your career now and where you want to be by what timeline. And if you're early career, mid-career, later career, I might have different recommendations on what those timeframes should be, but we really want to get very clear on what job roles have you held? What level of responsibility have you had? You know, what skill set do you have under your belt? What do you want to be learning? What would be a good stretch for you in your next role or opportunity? And then continuing that process moving forward of, you know, what skills do you need to be working on? What do you need to be developing? What type of experience might you need to have in order to be eligible for that next level? So we map out short, medium, and long-term career goals. We look at that decision-making criteria of what I referred to earlier to make sure that you know how to make the right decisions for you, especially if you have competing offers. You know, a lot of my clients get competing offers all at the same time. So if you have three or more competing offers, how are you going to choose which one is the best one for you? And then, you know, we look at other things too of just looking at what are the right types of levels and titles? What's the right industry? What's the right types of companies that people should be targeting so that by the time that they move into that job search phase or by the time that we're helping them pull their resume together, that we know exactly how to target them for the right types of roles and opportunities. Then when they do get out there in the job search, they have a very comprehensive story that you know, has already been pulled together for them. We've done their resume for them. We know exactly what roles, what timelines, like all the things to put on there so that we've told that story for them and that helps prepare them for job search and being very targeted and efficient with their job search process. And then also when they're interviewing, you know, they have a much better idea of what stories to tell themselves and then how to negotiate the offers when they come through as well. And what are some common learning lessons that you've gathered from your clients when it comes to job hopping to maximize their potential? One of the biggest lessons that I see with clients is not having a clear enough target when they first start out. So when I start working with a client, you know, when we're putting that roadmap together and I'm asking them what kinds of opportunities that they want to pursue, Oftentimes I get clients who say, well, I'm a project manager, but I'm interested in operations and I'm also interested in supply chain and I'm interested in product development and they have all these different interests, but the more clear, the more targeted that you can be, the better because that's going to set you up for success when you get to the job search. When a recruiter or a hiring manager looks at your resume they want to see that comprehensive story and they want to see, oh, this makes perfect sense for me to bring somebody into my organization. So you really need to have that very targeted focus. And I think one of the very, very biggest challenges that I see with job seekers is that they're too broad and they're too generalized. And the more narrow and the more focused that you can be, the better across the board, because, you know, not only is it going to be easier for you to get called for interviews and opportunities, but you're also going to be really targeted on the right types of opportunities for you that will likely have the highest level of pay available for you as well. Great. 
I want to end this podcast conversation with one last question for you. So my podcast is about helping professionals overcome common career challenges to get them to the next level. So <laughs> for you in your career journey, what was one big challenge that you had to overcome to get to where you are today? Well, I got my start in doing career coaching from my own professional career journey. So I also have, you know, over 15 years of experience working in corporate environments and I reinvented myself a handful of times. So I got really clear very quickly on what were the targets that I wanted to go after and then how do I promote and position myself for those roles so I can feasibly be seen as eligible for the right types of opportunities that I wanted to move into. And I was making really big jumps in terms of moving into leadership levels or changing industries, changing different types of companies, changing titles. I made some very drastic reinventions in my career. So that's how I eventually moved into career coaching is that people saw me making these different changes and they were like, hey, can you help me do the same thing? And then I just started getting a whole bunch of referrals. But some of the biggest things that I have personally learned and also what I coach my clients on is how to think like a consultant and then act like a marketer. So when you think like a consultant, that's that higher level strategy thinking. When you're approaching a company or when you're approaching your career roadmap, how do you look at that like a consultant? If you were to consult yourself on your career, how would you help yourself put together a strategic plan. Or, you know, when you're interviewing with a specific organization, when you go into that interview, don't simply just answer all the questions that are coming your way. I think sometimes people can get into this like kind of call and response mode when they're in an interview setting. But instead, what you want to be thinking about is how can I help this organization or this manager sitting in front of me right now? How can I help them solve their problems? What are the biggest problems that they're trying to solve for? And how can I be the one to help them solve those problems? And then that's how you act like a marketer is then you start to think about, okay, I know what problem they're trying to solve. I know what results they're looking for. Now let me market and sell myself as the number one candidate to come in and help them solve those problems and get the results that they're looking for in the quickest and most efficient way possible. Awesome. Sonia, I really appreciate you taking the time to help my listeners understand the importance of job hopping to maximize their career potential. So how can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them? And you also have a couple of resources to share with my listeners as well, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been an honor being on the show. It's a really fun conversation. A couple ways that you can reach out to me. I have a free masterclass. I actually just recently created this masterclass and it is how you can make twenty dollars to $100,000 more per year than you were previously making by making one simple change to your career. So you can find that at dynamoincome.com, D-Y-N-A-M-O, and then income, I-N-C-O-M-E.com. Would love for you to come participate in the masterclass with me. I also have a Dynamo salary calculator that you might be interested in. And if you really want to maximize your earning potential, what this will show you is if you took a role with a new company versus just staying with your current company, your current level of pay, what this will show you is, let's say you do get a job making $40,000 more per year. It's going to show you the difference in those two scenarios so that you get a new job making $40,000 more per year, and then you get that compound cost of living increase every year. You get that 2 to 5% every single year. Then you stay in that job for five years, 10 years, 30 years. Let's say you stay in this job until you retire then you can see how much of a difference of how much more money that you can make over the course of your career. And I think this can really motivate you to maybe start to go in a new direction. So I'd love for you to check out the salary calculator as well. And you can find that at dynamocareers.com forward slash calculator. 
So please check out those two resources. Would love to connect with you further. I'm also available on LinkedIn and you can look me up by my name there, which is Sonia Price, S-O-N-J-A-P-R-I-C-E. It's kind of funny how like you focus on salary conversation and your last name's Price. Like the price is right, right? (laughs) (laughs) Your clients the right price for their talents. Absolutely, for sure. (laughs) Okay, again, uh, appreciate the time, Sonia. Thanks, Max. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free. First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, Thank you.